Welcome to the Prime People Podcast, where we cover all things that got us to where we are today, our team building strategies, the marketing and sales tips that we've learned through thousands of transactions, productivity tips, ways to really just hold yourself accountable to accomplishing what you want to accomplish, and all things content creation, personal development, and not to mention we have some of the best guests on the planet. Welcome to the Prime People Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Conoco, and on today's episode, we have Derek Bixler. He is a Google My Business expert, a realtor for 15 years, an outdoor sports enthusiast, and a longtime friend. I've spent many, many hours collaborating with Derek. He's actually helped us with our own. So I can tell you that his advice is definitely accurate and practical and tactical, as I like to say. So welcome to the Prime People Podcast, Derek. Thanks, Justin. I feel like this is a long time coming. Yeah, definitely is. First of all, I like your studio setup. I love that you got the paddle behind you, the motocross helmets and the mountain climbing gear. You're definitely more than just a real estate agent. Why do you give people a little bit of your background, how you got into digital marketing um, and real estate while being an outdoor sports enthusiast at the same time? Sure. And here's a little lesson for everybody watching. I just did this uh, in the last two hours. I went with my trailer, bought two pieces of plywood because I live in a little house. I don't have my studio set up basically yet so i i was gonna do this and i'm like i'm not gonna do it like it is right now so i just acted this morning i threw this together this board right here fell on me about three times i was bleeding earlier in my head so anybody that's waiting to put out content or to do a show or do anything like that just do the damn thing um and yeah i would say that so I, i'm glad you like it and and being a branding kind of marketing person um i wanted to showcase the things i like so um yeah, uh, 17, 18, 17 year real estate wow. license, uh, real estate agent, uh, started in commercial my first five years, mostly office leasing, but uh, mostly kind of a, a generalist with retail, warehouse flex, all the kind of stuff. Um, and then the crash happened and commercial always follows lags behind a year or so with residential. So we were laughing for a little bit and then the commercial took a dive and then um, I had a choice to make. So that's when I moved to a firm that did both residential and commercial, probably the best place that does both of them in my area, um, and then just gravitated towards towards residential. Um, as you can tell, I'm not the suit and tie type of dude. Um, I, I don't like the banker type. of Nobody wears a suit and tie anymore, but uh, back then they still did. So um, I gravitated towards networking while playing basketball or rock climbing or, or whatever the case may be. The, the networking and the getting business was different for residential. So I gravitated towards that. Not that I stopped doing resi uh, commercial. I would do it if it came my way. But um, sure. I was, you know, my branding and marketing was residential only. Um, and all along, the marketing is the part of it that I love. Um I come from a long line of introverts. I won't go into my whole family history, but sure. a long line of, of deep introverts. Like I used to get embarrassed of my mom because she ordered too softly at a restaurant. Like she would, mm -hmm. the, the server would have to ask multiple times. So um, the people thing and the negotiating and all that stuff, while I like people, it kind of is a drain on me and not the part that I loved. And the marketing was always the trail that I left behind me. Every firm I'm at, they're still kind of using templates and things that I created all along the way. People are asking me, how did I do thing? And I'm do things. And they're kind of, I'm the early adopter here in, in central PA, um, which is not an early adopter area. So if you're jumping on something quick, um, hmm. everybody else is going to take notice. So what's your, what's your population down there just for context? Uh, I think Harrisburg is 
50,000 ish. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For reference, in a Facebook audience, if you're trying to get an audience, you can't get big enough here. Facebook, because they want 100 million as many as possible. So Facebook yeah. is always like, that's not enough. And you're, well, that's my farm area. So, well, it. no, the reason I asked that question is for context, right? Like we're talking digital marketing and strategy. St. Thomas, Ontario is very similar, right? It's 50,000. London's like close to half a million now, probably with the growth that it's had. But we work in a lot of markets where it's 2,000, 4,000. And so many people tell themselves, well, I can't compete on Google or I can't compete on Facebook because my market's not like those markets. Yet you're in a market where you've seen success. So I think it, it's how you approach it. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think these middle markets, I kind of call them Pittsburgh, Kansas City, um, places like that where we see the most success is this middle market. There's there's a yeah. good housing market. There's stuff happening, but the there are later adopters in that area that may not hop, hop on as soon. Um, and people just don't adopt it as much sure. um, or the, the ad spends are not as much. The competition is not as bad um, in bigger markets for sure. I can there's it's harder with competition, but in these middle markets, I think it's the perfect sweet spot. Yeah. I love that. I, th I think your approach is interesting because a lot of people get in the business and they just assume I'm just going to do things how everybody else did it. And you went into commercial first. That was where I actually started was in commercial real estate. And I was thinking, as you were talking, we're in a place now where the residential market in our area took a beating for the last year. Now, you know, commercial never stopped. You're starting to see rumblings about the commercial market starting to slow down. And it's exactly about a year after the residential market started happening. So you look like you've kind of adopted to different ways of doing business. So when you got into real estate and you made that shift and you're like, all right, I'm going to go into a different brokerage, go after some res, go after some commercial business. At what point did Google my business first hit your radar? Because that's obviously the topic we're talking about here today. Sure. So I'd say, well, 2018 is when I started my LLC. So 2017 or somewhere in there, um, I was talking to a lender friend of mine who's still a close friend of mine. And she said, well, you love this stuff. You're always complaining about negotiating and going out on showings and all this other stuff. Why don't you just do this? And it kind of clicked. And I was like, huh, maybe I will do this. And at the same time, I had started uh, listening to podcasts. I had a friend getting into real estate and he was starting from square one. And I knew a little bit about podcasts. And I was like, huh, maybe there's a podcast about real estate that he could listen to. Then I fell into this deep hole, which you're probably in as well, of uh, podcast junkie and learning so much stuff and learning even more. And then I had more stuff to spew on people. Um, so she, she suggested it and it made sense. So I kind of started doing it on the side, still selling houses um, and doing real estate and then doing some marketing on the side. At first, I was a Johnny everything. What do you want? I'll do it. If you want to pay me to do it, I'll do it. And so everything was kind of the first time and I was a do it all for everybody person. Um, so while it was growing and going in the right direction, it didn't take off the way that it could, um, which probably led, I know it led uh, to partially my divorce. So my divorce happened maybe six months, a year into me kind of starting this digital marketing journey. Um, meanwhile, my real estate business is going down because I'm not paying attention to that. So divorce happens. Uh, I go back to selling houses full time because I can make money, more money faster doing that. Um, and then about a year ago, I went back to it. Um, now that I've come out of the divorce. It's been a little time. I have my feet under me and everything's going good, knock on wood. 
um, I decided let's let's do this again. So I renamed Search Bomb, which is what everybody would see now. It used to be called some dumb name that I thought was good at the time, uh, but now I switched it formally with the doing business as, and now it's Search Bomb, and I'm uh, I'm growing that. And the niche is like you said, Google business profile and local services ads, um, and specifically um, not exclusively, but pretty specifically for real estate agents and uh, real estate agencies. Yeah, I think it's a solid niche. And that's what, yeah, I mean, you identified was, let's get very specific. Let's talk about territories. Let's talk about who we're actually speaking to, right? From a digital agency perspective, like you said, you specialize in Google LSA ads and Google My Business Profiles for real estate agents. If you're listening or watching this podcast and you happen to be an entrepreneur that owns a shoe company, the same principles will apply. Just look at it through the lens of a real estate agent. So let's talk about those two things. What are the crucial things that you think people get wrong when they go to set up a Google My Business profile? So the the top few ranking factors that you got to get right that are basically like, like switches. If they're not right, you just won't show up in a search ever is your category, number one. So I go into a lot of accounts where they selected real estate consultant, but they didn't select real estate agent or real estate agency or commercial real estate agent real estate consultant, because they were trying to be homey and kind of clever and kitschy with people, you know what I mean? Um, but it's going to backfire because Google, both Google and the public does not recognize a consultant. I mean, Google kind of does. You'll see a lot of the same services under real estate consultant, but the public doesn't search for that. Google doesn't necessarily see that as the exact same thing. So having your category correct to even show up at all is number one. Um, and that applies Real estate's a little bit straightforward because it's it's just straightforward, but things like dentistry or plastic surgery or a lot of these other industries that have a ton of subcategories, these businesses really need to go in and make sure they select every single subcategory that they want to be known for and, and show up on Google for, and then also select the services, which is another ranking factor. Main one is going into your services and selecting all the Right now, I like they didn't used to have pre-populated services. You kind of had to write your own services in there. Now sure. they have these pre-populated ones, which are determined by Google, by what people are, are searching for, how people word it, um, and basically everything that... So I think Google calls the pre-populated service uh, buyer agent services right now. So every term, buyer's agent services, buyer agent, buyer's agent, any variation of that kind of gets funneled into this one service, buyers, whatever Google's calling that. And if you don't have that one selected, you're not going to show up. So right now I'm telling everybody, just delete all your services. You don't necessarily have to do that, but it's easier to tell people to do these absolute things sometimes. So just delete all your services and then go in, click add services and add all the pre-populated ones and, and just start with just the pre-populated ones that apply to you um, under all the categories and then put a description in next to it. Uh, when you first select them, you can't put a description. So you got to go back and do it. So that's a step that a lot of people miss. Sure. Um, keyword stuffing those descriptions or adding a million more services all keyword stuffing, saying home valuation or roof estimate, eight different ways that you think people might be searching for it, not necessarily going to help you rank. It's more important to have those pre-populated, predetermined ones by Google selected. Um, but well, that doesn't mean you can't there for more. a second because one thing I learned in Facebook advertising was like we were getting so granular at one point. I watched a podcast. It was with Mike Sherrard, who's a friend of the Prime People podcast as well. He's been on here and he was talking about the most successful Facebook ad he ever saw 
was like the simplest, broadest, but it was on for the longest time. And the algorithm had always learned and Facebook's got more money than I do. So like Google with all of their data, if they have pre-populated, why would you mess with that? Why would you sit there with your admin and your copywriter when you're not an SEO copywriter and come up with all these crazy services, even if it sounds great to you when in reality, Google doesn't care about, you know, the emotion behind it. They look at the data. What, what are people asking for that converts to an actual phone call, right? Yep, exactly. And then when you're starting to fill in the descriptions and all those things that don't don't help you rank or get you more views. Now you're talking about conversion. So that's why you're adding the description. That's why you might add a, a specialty service that's uh, city real estate or kind of keyworded. So somebody that's looking for that thing sees that in yours and not in somebody else's and maybe picks you. Um, another good service maybe to add are unique selling propositions and reasons people should choose you over somebody else which is actually a good point. Your whole Google business profile should be aimed at your unique selling propositions, um, your services, explaining mm -hmm. them, and why people should choose you over somebody else. From the updates to the photos to the descriptions of everything, it should all be worded that way. Your description should not be, I'm a real estate agent of 35 years. It already says 35 years there. They just search for a real estate agent. First of all, they know all that stuff. Yeah. Um, second of all, uh, this is your your opportunity to convert them. They're not there to learn. Um, I'm going on a tangent, but they're no, not like there it. to learn. Don't put updates of like your living in channel or your how to's or sure. your blog posts into your updates, uh, which are your kind of your social media posts on, on your Google business profile, because people are not there to learn. They're in the conversion phase. They're in the bottom towards the bottom of the funnel. They've decided I know I need a buyer's agent. That's why I, now I typed in buyer's agent and now I'm picking one. And usually the call you get from a local services ad or from Google is, hey, I saw this house. I need help. Or, hey, I'm selling my house. I'm interviewing three. Do you want to be one of them? It's usually somebody, even if it's garbage, you, it's rental call and you don't do rentals or, or something you don't serve. It's usually somebody with intent, which is, the, which is why I like Google and any search-based platform. But well, we, we had fun. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not just saying this. You actually sat down, did some consultation with our marketing team in the last couple of weeks. We did some LSA stuff and, you know, our phones have been ringing off the hook. We did get a bunch of stuff that wasn't necessarily in our niche. And at, some of them were rentals. We found that there were some keywords targeted at rentals. Now we do do residential leasing and we have somebody on our team that can handle that. So we directed all those leads over to him, separated the ad out. And I was like, well, I don't want to scrap this because it's clearly working, but we want to modify it and try something new and going a new direction. So I think that's all really good, tangible advice. Just so you know, too, we got three amazing people here. We got Olivier Maurice and he said, commercial real estate is the most interesting real estate. Yes, it is Olivier and Megan Luker. Oh. She is a podcast junkie as well. And none other than Miss Christina Smallhorn. Um, one of my favorite channels on YouTube. She does amazing lives is here. Hi friend. Nice to see you as well. It's been way, way too long. Um, I wanted to dig in a little bit deeper on a question that I have for you. Selfish question, but hopefully it speaks to other people. We have a brokerage that does residential, commercial, investing, farms, recreational properties, and leasing. Would I have to create different Google profiles for all of those things? Or could I create services underneath one main profile? Like how do I speak to multiple audiences using, say, one profile? Do you get what I'm trying to get to here? Yep. And the, my previous firm actually is a perfect example of this that kind of 
it's your firm, but here basically it does kind of everything and people within the offices specialize in different things. But um, so, yeah, you would just leave it that firm and you would select the commercial real estate uh, categories that apply. I think they have industrial real estate, commercial real estate, yeah. maybe a few different ones. So collect, select all those categories. And then within those, obviously, the services, like I said. Um, and then another big thing, huge ranking factor, and this is probably the number one unknown thing to the layman out there is your website. Your website hmm. can almost dictate where you're ranking. So if you see somebody ranking better than you and you're like, I got a million more reviews than them, I'm posting every day, which doesn't help you, by the way. You only need to post like once a week um, and focus on those unique selling propositions and testimonials and things that I, can work. I keep looking down. I have to say this because the audience probably thinks I'm not paying attention. I'm taking notes, people, I'm on my own podcast. So if you're not, then grab a pen and paper or watch the replay. But keep, keep going. So how does the website influence the ranking? <laughs> it's funny because my camera and my screen are super far apart. So I want to look down at you and look at you, but I'm staring at this, this dot here. We're well-trained by now, I guess. Um, your website. So essentially, your website needs to be uh, traditionally local SEO, traditionally SEO optimized with the keywords and the heading tags and the and the codes and the uh, schema and all those buzzwords that I know enough to be dangerous about. I know enough to know that we need to have them and they need to be there and I need to get somebody to do it that knows how to do it. Um, but just traditional SEO on your website will directly affect your Google business profile. They scan the website. You'll see them so a good example, I see this all the time. They're doing even, even more now, it seems like. They will scan your website. And if there's a service on your website, they'll add it to your services on your uh, Google business page. Oh, wow. So the one that I was talking about was rentals. They kept putting rentals and land, like two different rental services on hers. And we kept deleting them. They kept coming back, deleting them, coming back. I'm like, huh. So I looked on her website, went to her IDX feed. She uses like KV core or some IDX thing. And I know in the back end of there, you can check or uncheck rentals. And I looked on hers and she had rentals turned on and turn it off. The rental stopped showing up in her services. Same with somebody else. This is a good thing. I hate, don't put home staging or uh, drone tours or that those kind of ancillary services. That's not what you do. That yeah. could be in the description of listing services, but it shouldn't be one of your like services, core services. That's but, what Nico does, not me. Like the photographers yeah. and the creatives, right? That's what they do. And if somebody's looking for a photography company, it's going to confuse Google a little bit. Exactly. He should have his own Google business profile for himself. Yeah. yeah. But if you have that on your, like I have one right now, that in their services under listing services, the drop down, it says like home staging, drone photography, and something else. And those ones keep showing up in her services on hers. So we're going to have to have a chat about that. That just, I was doing that yesterday uh, about hopefully removing them or at least removing them from that main menu so that they don't keep showing up in her services. Um, not the end of the world, but if you're being anal and you're being paid to do it for somebody, you're being anal about it. So um, I'd love to get those out of there. But the website is probably the most unknown thing. So the step is to optimize your Google business profile as much as possible, which isn't super hard once you know what you're doing. Um, and then the next step beyond that is going to be the website, which is a bigger fish to fry. Yeah. And, and that makes a ton of sense. I think people just, they do a placeholder website. They kind of forget about it. They do some social media posts. They kind of forget about it. They're like watching this podcast. They're like, guess what I'm going to do? My Google, my business profile today. And then a, a month or two, they forget about it. Like with all of the different technologies and platforms and things that we feel we need to do, how do you maintain consistency in these things amongst all the other platforms? 
I've adopted, so I'm a minimalist or an essentialist or essentialism is one of my favorite books if you've never read that. So okay. I don't like literally my coffee table and my TV stand is made out of this same wood. Since a divorce, I can do that because I don't, I don't give a ish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want stuff my kids can draw on and jump on or whatever. Um, but so I'm a minimalist. So I'm going to figure out the way to do the least basically, but still get the same results, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I like Google because you don't have to come up with clever TikToks and tips every day and videos and captions. And who do I get to do this and landing pages and all these different things. You really just get reviews and post pretty houses of pictures, pretty pictures of houses and faces once you get it all set up. Um, so I think like my business now, figuring out what platform you like or enjoy or is easiest for you or whatever the driving force behind choosing it is, choosing one, going deep on it. And this isn't anything new. Everybody says this. You've said it a million times. Pick something, go deep on it, yeah. and then expand out from there. So the Google has, it's been my thing for a while since I realized it was a thing. I was like, oh, you can put your business on like Google Maps? Huh? Like years. So I don't even know what it was. Like, huh, I'll put it on there. And then for the longest time, my firm, whatever firm I was at, if somebody Googled that firm, they'd be calling me. And I used to always get calls of like, is Greg there? No, Greg, you called the, this is just Derek. I'll, here's the number for the office. So I've been doing it for a long time, kind of been focusing on it. Obviously I do videos and podcasts and all that kind of stuff too, but the Google, as far as lead generation for real estate and the thing that I was like really religious about trying to stay on um, was the Google stuff. And then the local services ads, when those first started, it was like gang, like, I've done a lot of different lead and you've done Facebook ads and all these different lead generations. It's like, got to come up with a landing page and then how do they opt in? How do you get them to opt in? And then you're watching it and then you got to hound them forever to try to get them to call you. And I opted in by mistake and all this stuff. You got to come up with the video and the creative and the body copy and the headlines and all this different stuff just to chase them down. And then I signed up for local services ads and I didn't even, I just got some email from Google saying, Hey, this is a new thing. You want to try it? And I'm an early adopter. I'm like, all right, I'll try this. I've tried next door ads. I've tried Yelp ads. I've tried all kinds of ads. So I'm like, all right, I'll try this. Turn it on for, I think it was like 54 bucks a week, which is, in, and you can still do that budget in some markets today. Yeah. Um, 50 bucks a week-ish. I turned it on thinking nothing's going to happen. And I wasn't really a phone answerer at that time. Um, if I had a deal going on and I had to answer or something, I would, but I was like, no, I still am pretty much a no notifications person other than phone calls. But calls started coming in and then I got these emails about leads and it was almost instantaneous and it was daily and it was repeated and I wasn't getting charged for everyone. And it was like, holy crap. So I had to kind of, I turned it off and was like, okay, this is actually going to work. Um, figured out, all right, well, I definitely have to answer my phone. So anybody out there that's thinking about Google business or local services ads, it's a phone game. You got to answer the phone and convert them on the phone. Um, but so it was like gangbusters and it has trickled down and obviously Tom Ferry and all these gurus start talking about it and telling everybody <laughs> and their sister that they should get on it. And it drives the cost up for the rest of us, but it is still the best thing since sliced bread for a lot of different categories. There are 70 plus now, I think that yeah. run local services ads. Um, but for real estate specifically, it for sure is the best thing going. Well, I was going to say like, like, Anything else in marketing, real estate agents ruin everything, right? Google SEO back in the day, 
you could get real estate for pennies on the dollar. Then all the big corporations were like, I'll just buy these Facebook ads. Same thing. I remember you can get really tactical early on. I was working with a huge digital agency. They didn't know what a dark post was. I had heard about it on Gary V. I figured it out. I was doing dark posts that were not linked to my page, so on and so forth. Right. IG ads, TikTok, Google LSAs. And I think that's the lesson here is, you know, looking at where can you have an effect on the marketplace that you actually, A, can deploy enough time that you don't mind learning the thing or that you can use leverage to apply to your business where it doesn't feel overwhelming. And I think you did a good job explaining how, you know, my business profile and LSA is, is a nice little dynamic combo where the individual user, the person watching this can devote some time this week to learn those things, implement it in their business. I would recommend setting a reminder in your calendar once a week to check on the campaigns and actually make sure that you're converting the dollars are being spent in the right places make sure you're posting on a weekly basis derek gave you the advice post once a week that's all you have to do that's not rocket science and then see how it's actually affecting your business i think a huge mistake people make is they get excited about the bright shiny new object they do everything in 30 days and they don't commit to it so like how long of a process do you think it would be for somebody to commit to something like this before they're going to see results, before the phone is ringing? Or is it a one-month thing? Is it a three-month, six-month, eight-month? Like how long would you tell somebody you should do this consistently to achieve great success? Sure. So Google Business Profile, organic uh, only, longer process. That's going to take, you know, that's like a YouTube channel. Could be six months, could be a year, could be a couple years, depends on the, the competition around you and all that. Um, the process of optimizing the the Google business profile, not that long. Uh, if you're running local services ads, almost instantaneously, assuming your Google business profile is already good and you've got a bunch of reviews for it to pull over and we won't get into the mechanics of that, uh, but assuming you're kind of a little bit Google business savvy and been doing that for a little while, if you start local services ads with any industry, um, you're going to see almost instantaneous results like and it'll start with a trickle it'll start a little slower and as long as you answer the phone every time and you sort your lead in the dashboard and you give google all the warm and fuzzy data that they want and and they don't want to send calls to people it, it ruins the whole google platform then people don't trust the google platform so they don't want to send leads to people that don't answer the phone mm -hmm. um, so answer the phone every time if you get a message you answer it within 24 hours hopefully quicker um, but that's pretty, pretty instantaneous. Um, or within at least a week, you're going to start seeing stuff. All right. You could speak to it too. When, when did you get your first call after, after your full verification was done? Oh dude. Like, so we actually, the way we did it was we set up a group in follow up boss so that everybody had the ability to shark tank the call. So whoever gets to it first gets the lead that gives a sense of urgency and like it would pop up on my phone and I would be part of the shark tank too. So they got to deal with the great white and, the Makos and they're also went around trying to fight for the leads and it was fun, uh, but it was way too much. So like it started raining nonstop, like eight o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night. We actually turned it off and you must've put a high budget. Yeah. It, it was, you know, we we're having fun with it, right? Like we like marketing and we do like answering the phone and got a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't ideal to start with. But to me, it was an indication that this was working. We just needed to optimize it. So then what I did was me and my head of sales, sat down him and i were taking the calls sifting through it then we worked with the marketing team to adjust the keywords and what we have select on the back end and we're still in it like it's far from perfect but it was very quick but i think you hit the nail on the head one thing to get a lead another to actually take the call and convert them 
I think a lot of people spend money on leads. Very few of them actually pick up the phone when it's a no caller ID or an ad call. They, there is always a, a reason or an excuse, right? Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, being a not like to talk on the phone person or pick up the phone person, it was a change for me. Um, and then I, like you said, really quickly, you better get good at converting these people. Luckily for me, I've been doing it at that point. It was 15 years, 14, whatever, how many years. So I was pretty confident. I just, if someone calls you and they're basically just asking you to do a thing, all you have to do is make the appointment. I mean, it is it, almost that easy. You don't have to prove yourself all that much. Um, so as long as you don't stumble or get wordy or try to sell them on too much in that call, you just, hey, great. When do you want to see that house? Oh, great. I'll come over that day to see your house, to talk about selling your house or whatever it is. Just whatever they're calling about, get right to it, make the appointment, and then go from there. Um, and immediately also tell Google that you made that appointment and for what price range and all that stuff in there too. Um, but converting is huge. So you don't want to, you definitely don't want to turn these on and then turn it over to some ISA or VA, an inside sales agent or a virtual assistant or somebody that, that doesn't know anything about real estate and can't answer a couple of questions and get them to that appointment booked. Um, so you do have to have somebody that knows at least a little bit or has been doing it a year or, or knows how to convert them to an appointment. I guess you wouldn't have to know who's going to answer your phones. That's the biggest thing. It's like any lead source. You're going to have 10, it's going to be a pile of donkey crap and there's going to be a diamond in there and you just got to answer the phone 10 times. Sorry, I don't do rentals. Sorry, I don't do rentals. Sorry, I don't do rentals. Okay, this is an actual buyer, but they're probably not qualified. So kind of a lead, but not really few of those few of those. And then all of a sudden, just when you think it's not working, you get one that's, Hey, I'm thinking about selling my house over here. I have two clients where it's the biggest sales. They, two of them, the biggest sales they've ever had came from local services ads in the last couple months of being set up. So, and usually you're competing in these situations. Um, but both of them want it. And most of the, most of the people I work with are, have really good listing presentations. And that's the next step after that then. Yeah. So you make the appointment, now, can you actually convert there as well? But so who's, who's going to answer your phones? Yeah, well, it's typically us or the agents that are actually working. That's it, right? And both, all of them have a really good 30-second elevator pitch. Exactly what you said. Like, it, I thought about this, and I wrote down a couple other questions I'll ask you. One is, you mentioned something that I want to loop back to in a second. It was when you're posting on Google My Business, you're not posting updates and social media posts. It's copy that converts. So like when we answer the phone... I'm going to give you a snapshot of what it's like to work with me. Hey, Derek, it's Justin from Prime. I saw that you were calling about such and such property. Are you in the market right now or are you just browsing? Oh, I'm just browsing. Oh, yeah. Are you concerned about the debt ceiling conversation and you know the market correcting? Yeah, I am actually. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you my thoughts on that. And I've got your attention because I'm not selling you anything. I'm giving you a really good insight into my caliber of expertise. And then I'm leaving it up to you to decide if you want to work with me. Right. And I think that when we do those types of conversations, it converts the appointment. I'm also knowing that you're not somebody that I need to follow up with every single week. I maybe follow up with you once a month because you're in that nurture stage. You're not actually ready to buy. If you're like, no, no, I'm actually in the market. We actually have our house up for sale up here in Barrie and we're moving to London. Oh, okay. What about, do you know anything about this, this, this area? No, okay. I'm going to send you a couple videos. I'll send you a little loom video recording, high level of the city. Let's book a virtual tour and we can get to know each other a little bit. That's it. It's not nine minutes of I'm the number one realtor at the number one office. It's not about me. It's about you, right? 
Amen. Amen. Yeah. They've already chosen to click on you. Now it's just yeah. your, what is that? Is in Hitch, I think Will Smith says, she's already choosing to go, go go on a date with you. It's just your job not to F it up. So they've already, they've Googled agents. They've looked at a few. They didn't just click the first one. I mean, maybe some people do, but they've at yeah. least kind of looked at someone. They at least picked a face they like. That's probably actually what <laughs> most people picked by the face and the number of stars or reviews, but they, they already clicked on you. They already have intent to do something. So it's your, your, your job not to F it up. And the more you talk about how good you are, or this or that, or talk about anything really, um, it's a potential to mess it up until you're in there and have something signed or at least a better rapport. So, and I like how you, you kind of build your knowledge, making you the, the source of knowledge. And if they've clicked on you, and you then display knowledge and display experience without being salesy. They're definitely going to choose you and say, you know, you always, I think my verbatim call is always, well, usually the best thing to do in these situations for home buyers or home sellers is for me to come see your house. Uh, when could I come by? And there's never a, no, nah, I don't, why do you need to see the house? What do you, it's always, yeah. And if they say that, it's, what do you mean? I, at this point, I don't even argue with, I get kind of short with people actually, which is why I don't cold call. Uh, but what do you mean? Why? I can't sell it to somebody else if I never saw it. I can't answer questions. Then I look like a jabroni when people are asking me stuff. So um, I was a tangent there. But yeah, uh, converting is a big a big thing if you're going to do any kind of lead system, obviously. So let, let's loop back to in the beginning, we were talking about posting on Google My Business. You said, don't just post stuff that you're posting on social media, post copy that converts. Can you give us some examples of copy that would convert? Uh, my favorite is testimonial memes, you know, just a, a big image because your updates, when somebody clicks on your profile and then starts perusing your whole profile, there's a section with your updates and it kind of shows the first one or two or three, depending on the view. And then you can scroll to see more of them, but it's in a lot of the views, it's the biggest image on your entire profile. So yeah. it's going to get a lot of look. And I saw it on somebody else's profile. I was like, Oh, I love that. Um, just a big meme of like, and not the whole review. I hate when people post an image of a review and it's the, I mean, I've done it. It's like a I'm book. It. I'm not reading yeah, the Chronicles yeah. of Narnia. No, I just I see need it. a highlight. Yeah. So it's big, huge five star. So the image clearly reeks of five star and then like diligent, awesome, really big. So even a blind person could see those words and then you could have the whole review and the body copy and maybe a, I like the call link when you're adding a link to the update because the whole Google, all of it is just call me. I don't want you to click it and get it on a funnel. And my whole thing is, again, keep it simple. If it was simple, what would it look like? Just call me right now and we can talk and make the appointment. Um, so uh, I like testimonials, testimonial of any kind, but a good testimonial with a good image that grabs like that and even a bunch in a row. So then it's like testimonial, testimonial, testimonial. I like the look yeah. of that. Um Talk about your services. Um, talk about any special offers that you have going. Um, for real estate, that's kind of hard. But if you're a roofer, you'd be talking about estimates or seasonal sales or any kind of sales or promotions that you have going on. Any reason for them to click right now and do the thing right now. Um, or unique selling propositions, like I said. What makes you different? Why should they choose you? Yeah, I think those are all great ideas. Very, very actionable. We got an audience member question. Now, this audience member is a Facebook user. If you're on the Facebook group, you just need to allow StreamYard to access your profile. So I'll write down in the comments who this is so we can actually address it. The question was, 
Well, first off, the comment was, you're a great dad and great information as usual. The second comment was, is it helpful to reply to reviews on your Google My Business? Thank you for uh, the dad comment. That is my mission in life. My tombstone better say awesome kick-ass dad or something to that effect. So uh, that is my mission in life. Thank you for that. Um, reviews, yeah. No brainer. You got to reply to all those reviews and answer them with more than just thank you. You want to, I usually like to use the person's name to make it personal to them. Um, and also write a few sentences, kind of talk about the service that you provided for them. A lot of people leaving reviews don't mention the keywords that you ask them to mention. Um, so you kind of in your response, that's a chance to mention some of those things for the people that are going to be reading the, the response. Because really your reply is more for the next person that comes along your profile rather than the person that left the review. They'll get an email, they might read it once, but now it's out of sight, out of mind. It's more for the next person that's going to read it. Um, and that goes for bad reviews too. If you don't ignore bad reviews, you don't fight back on bad reviews, you just agree, say sorry, how can we make it right? Super pleasant and you move on. Even if they're wrong and they're the worst and in the background, I'm trying to get this review removed because I didn't even have an interaction with this person. Yeah. Um, I don't care. You just, you respond to it and you say nice things and you move on and then you bury it with good reviews. Go get five, 10 good reviews to bury it. Um, so definitely reply to them um, and think about who you're, who's going to read it, which is the next person coming along on your profile. Well, I'm smiling because after our last call, I actually have in my daily notepad a reminder to ask for a review every day. I asked Nico for one last week. I'm coming after all of my past clients. If I ever did anything for you, I'm coming for you. Um, and that's how we'll address it. If you do any amount of good business, you're going to have random people that try and take you down. Like we had one review pop up that was negative, never met the person. It was probably a bot or somebody that saw some social media content. I didn't wrote it. It is what it is. Nobody that matters really cares, but they care about how you respond to it. And if you get all nasty in that response, that's going to be an indication of your character. And somebody may choose not to work with you versus if you respond to negativity by turning the other cheek and you know showing empathy to that person and giving them the opportunity to continue the conversation, you could actually win business showing how you deal with adversity. Because if you're dealing with a buyer or seller and you're in adversity for that client, they want to know that you can fight for them. Um, Del Schaefer was the one that actually asked the question about the reviews and then Kendrick Richardson made the dad comment. So thank you both of you for being part of the prime people podcast nation. Um, if you're watching this podcast, feel free to hit the subscribe and share button with somebody that you like. Derek's been dropping bombs all episode. My notepad is full, full. I have lots of actionable items. I wish I had another hour, but we'll get them back on for a future episode. I got a couple rapid fire questions and then we'll get you out of here. It sounds good. Sweet. Let's do it. Awesome. So number one question what are you working on right now? Like what is something maybe new or scary that's a little bit fun for you that is maybe out of your comfort zone? <laughs> this is easy. Uh, you probably already know. So uh, I'm basically stopping selling real estate and I'll, I won't go into the whole backstory uh, and focusing full-time on search bomb. So if I if a listing comes my way, I'll do it or whatever. But um, search bomb is it, this is the first time that's full-time full bore into that, into the agency. So that's super exciting. Um, a lot of things come along with that. Um, along with like boot camps. I got second boot camp coming up in July, first week of July. So I'm already starting to do that, which will turn into a course and hopefully turn into some passive income at some point. Um, start getting some staff, be hitting you up on how to, uh, 
deal with VAs and all that at some point here. So um, that's growing the agency is the new thing that I'm trying to do. Um, and then what supersedes all that is always the kids and the kids sure. and my hobbies. Like that's, that's why I got to work for myself because I'm not, my kids and this stuff will not take a back seat. Well, it does kind of, it's not like I do this stuff all day and I don't work, but it's, I don't, I don't negotiate on my pastimes and living a good life all around. And that's why I look up to you as well, or, or see you as somebody that's similar to me um, in that it's, it's not all, we work hard as hell, but it's not all work. We're on that list is best dad on the planet. And we can't sure. all be the best dad on the planet, but that's what we're striving for first. Um, but other than that, it's, it's search bomb. That's the newest, greatest thing in my life right now. No, I appreciate that. I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. I think people try to pretend they're not on social media, but in all things we are going to fail, but that's where the reality is, is, is looking at that in incremental improvement. It's why we do this podcast. I mean, people think all I do is work, right? They see all the things I post everywhere and they think I just work, work, work all the time. Meanwhile, they try and call me and I can pick up my phone or I go fly fishing or paddle boarding or try and be a good dad and travel and all the things you're talking about. So I'm excited for your next adventure. Um, how has failure shaped your life? <laughs> That's a really long answer for me. Um, a lot of failures. Um, I, I guess I'm a serial entrepreneur somewhat. I, I've been self-employed pretty much my entire working life. I've tried different things. I was part owner of a rock climbing gym for a while that finally went under during COVID. I would blame it on, well, we won't get into that, um, on partners. I learned a lesson in partnership on that one. Um, also built a big Facebook group of like 15,000 people uh, locally here. And it, we had events and had all these things in motion to build and into cool things um, and kind of lost that. It was taken away from me, a transaction coordination company that I kind of built and then was kind of taken away from me again. Um failing with my divorce, uh, failing a lot of times and just being a depressed, anxious person. I'm, I've suffered from depression and anxiety and all these things. So my entire life has been what feels like a lot of failure, not all failure. And I have a better self-esteem than I might be displaying sure. right at this moment. Um, but there's been a lot of failure and I know there's going to be a lot to come. And like you, we just learn to learn from to learn from it. I don't. I'm a cry maybe all day. I'm asleep, and then tomorrow I'm going to say, "All right, what can I do for that not to happen again?" Or what can I learn from that? Even even if it was something that happened to me and somebody else did it, there's still something. It's still my responsibility to deal with how it it affects me and how I'm going to deal with it next time. So um, failure, embrace it, and. Will Smith again. I got to stop. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. I always, you know, Will, mix Will Smith and Zap and Zach Morris together. And that would be basically who my persona, who I grew up watching and idolizing. My per personality is like those two put together. Um, on the other side of fear is success or something to that effect. I think his analogy was talking about going skydiving and jumping out of a plane or something. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, on this other side of failure or something like that. Um, so embrace the failure, try, do it now. Don't wait. I did this an hour before we got here. If you think it, I don't, it's gotta be adjusted, but it's better than what I had before. Um, the boot camp. Somebody said, you should do a boot camp. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do it. You want to be the first one to sign up? Yep. And now this second round is going to be pretty good. That first one, there was some hiccups. Um, but it's going to be pretty good. Um, 
so just fail, fail hard, fail forward. All the, the cliche things that everybody always says. Yeah. I, I like the personal accountability piece, right? Cause I mean, regardless of things that have happened in my life, I always turn around and be like, okay, what change can I affect? And as I see the mountain climbing gear behind you and the motocross helmet, it's like, well, you're never going to take that jump if you don't look at what has happened and how you're moving forward from that versus just worrying about, oh, I crashed my bike one time. I'm never going to ride the bike again. You're never going to get anywhere with that mentality. So I think that's, that is helpful. Del Schaefer came back on. He said, this has been super helpful. He went into Google profile. As you talked, he only had the consultants among other things they changed. So big shout out to you for helping Dell live on the prime people podcast. This is what we do people. Um, and then there's actually another audience member question before my last question. I think this is Kendrick Richardson. Um, Derek Bixler has always been super helpful as full of knowledge to have your Google, my business profile be successful. Biggest question is having a physical address of your business rank you higher to be found in Google maps versus having a service area, no physical address. This is important actually, even for me because prime covers a big territory and we have all these micro markets. So like, I don't physically want to put one address because then people will be like, well, prime only does that area. How would you address this question? So with your Google business profile, it's all proximity based. So assuming it's somebody searching from your local area. Um, so if I search real estate agent right here, if there's one right next door, they should be right at the top. Assuming they have a, a fairly decent Google business profile, good reviews and good standing, all that stuff. But they wouldn't necessarily have to be the best, best one in the whole greater Harrisburg area. They would just need to be close by. So it's all proximity based. So trying to rank far away from where your business is physically located is going to be a struggle. I mean, you, there are ways to like widen it. And that's, that's one of the things that people like me help do is once, once you've optimized and you're getting all the ones that are really close to you, then you start trying to widen it a little bit more with website SEO and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you're only going to rank for where you are. So if you want to rank in other places, you basically got to have a location in those places if you really want to, to crush Can it. Can you do multiple locations under one profile? Uh, Google policy, I believe, says you actually have to have like an office or a location or, or something. Um, there's a little bit of a loophole for real estate because practice. Uh, independent contractors and practitioners, I think they call them practitioner listings, are allowed to use their house or some other address if they want to. So with a real estate agency, actually something I like is to have the agency where it is and you just try your best to rank and use keywords of where it is and then have your agents use their houses. And now you're spreading your agency all over your market with proximity to everybody um, and have all them optimize their profiles and all of them would have your agency name at the end of it, which is, which is uh, recommended anyway. That's the best way. Your name, then city realtor, then the brokerage name would be the best way to name a profile right now. Um, but it's proximity based. If you wanted to have other locations, you'd either have to have an actual location to be per Google's policies or with like things like real estate um, or insurance agents or things like that. You could have other ones at their houses that would be acceptable. Well, my notepad is full. So and here's one answer. more note on that. If somebody out of the area is searching for, say, uh, London Realtor, the last thing I heard on this is that Google will rank them by the one closest to the center of that town 
as Google defines the center of that town and the thing I heard said, you can, you know where the center of town is per Google by where they place the word of the town. Interesting. So if you're ever, if anybody's ever moving their office, move your office to the exact farm <laughs> dead center of the farm area or closest to the dead center of the farm area you want to be located in, verify it again. Cause not everybody verifies it. And then you end up with a verification address and the address you're actually at, which confuses everything. Verify it again, switch your address. That would be the best case scenario. Or look if there's a post office and get a PO box there. So there you go. There's a couple actionable items for you. Well, the last, the most important question. I know you said you're doing a boot camp. You're doing some other things. This is your opportunity to speak to the Prime Nation. Anything you want, feel free to uh, use my platform and really just connect with the audience. Is there anything we can do for you? Anything you're working on that you want to highlight? Uh. Google business profile, like we're here. I'm pretty good and consistent at being good at consistency. Um, yeah, you can hit me up if you just went to searchbomb.com, searchbomb.com. I purposely picked these words because you don't have to spell them. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. Um, so easy, searchbomb.com uh, will take you to my website and there's buttons all over the place to, to request a discovery call. That's the best thing to do, request a discovery call. You can pick your time on there in Calendly. Uh, we'll have a little call, see how I can help you. I can do done for you, done with you. Um, and I have the boot camps, which is, which is a form of done with you uh, or coaching sessions or kind of tailored stuff. But I also have a, a specific package for the Google business and the local services ads um, for realtors. That's a package that I have defined. But then anybody else, we can talk and see what's up and see how I can help. Okay. If you go see him, use the hashtag or the promo code Prime Nation. He didn't create a promo code. I just did that live on the episode and we'll see if he does anything with it. And if it turns into something, appreciate you so much, Derek. You're one of the real dudes. If you want to find me and Derek chopping it up on the regular, we are on Clubhouse quite often together. He pops into breakfast with champions and he's also in many, many of the real estate rooms that we partake in. So appreciate you taking the time, Derek, and all the work that you do out there. You're a good dude, a good dad, and a good friend. Right back at you. Okay. See you, brother. Later.